Hello and welcome to the Press Gallery interview. I am Provincial Affairs reporter Emma Graney. With me today, Minister Brian Mason. How are you, Minister? I'm well. How are you? Good. You're Transportation Minister, right? I am. Mm. Was it sad to let go of your infrastructure one as well? Well, you know, I had a few projects on the go in infrastructure, but, you know, it was a double load, plus being house leader. So I wasn't happy to see it. I wasn't (laughs) unhappy to see it uh, uh, go to Minister Jansen, who was very capable. Now, I I wanted to get you in here this week because, of course, you served an awfully long time in the Alberta legislature. I don't mean to make you feel old by saying that. Well, I am. (laughs) How many years was it? Uh, Just about 19 now. Because yeah. uh, I was first elected in uh, May of 2000, and I'd served 11 years on Edmonton City Council. Mm-hmm. Before that, I was elected in October of 1989 for the first time. So it's coming. It's I'm into my 30th year now as elected uh, as an elected politician. Wow! So I wanted to get you in here to kind of talk about your time as an Alberta politician, um, specifically in the legislature. Given that all you legislature nerds out there are probably listening to this, um, so. First of all, I guess, what would you say have been some of the highlights of your last couple of decades in the Alberta legislature as an MLA? Well, the top one for sure was winning the election. And uh, yeah, I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, the day we were sworn in, um, we were outside the legislature on the steps. There was six or 7,000 people there all around the reflecting pool. It was a beautiful sunny day. Um, and you know, that was probably the high point of my entire career, uh, taking that oath. Did you ever think that you would end up in a governing NDP government? I, I didn't really, you know, um, uh, when I started in politics, uh, 30 years ago, the PC government was already um, uh, outlived almost all all other governments. You know, it had been there since 71 to, to 89 already. And uh, as I went through my time in city council and then got elected uh, to a small opposition in the legislature, um, you know, it just seemed almost like a permanent state of affairs. What what drew you to the NDP? Was it just the fact that they weren't the PCs, or were you a really no, strong it, union it, guy? It was always uh, it was always the closest to my values. You know, no party's ever going to be a perfect fit, but this one was pretty close. Um, I'd been involved when I worked as a bus driver. Been involved in uh, in the union. Um, walked a picket line. You know, I, I knew that sort of that side of the whole thing. Um, so there was that. There was, uh, you know, attempts that I saw by uh, later PC governments, notably Klein, to erode our public health care system, you know, the, the terrible cuts and so on. So that, you know, that really solidified it for me that this was something we had to challenge and, and, and something that we had to try and change. Why do you think, and you did a similar thing, you kind of made that leap from municipal politics through to provincial politics. Um Looking back, was municipal politics kind of a almost like a trial run for being an MLA, or are they just completely different beasts? No, they're they're. Um, do you know? I would say that I learned more from my city council time about being a minister mm. than I did in my time in opposition. That's it. Because when you're in city council, of course, you have access to the administration, uh, you have access to the information, and you have a say in all of the decisions. You know, you're just one vote, but your vote counts, and you often, if you if you 
um, make the right alliances, you can actually push through your agenda. When you're in opposition, y y you don't have any say. You read about what the government's doing in the newspaper and um, it's not, uh, you know, it's not, you don't, you don't have any influence other than you can speak over their head to the public. And if you can persuade the public of a certain thing, you know, you can, you can, uh, sometimes get the government to follow suit. And we, we did that on, on a number of things. We did things on, on royalties. We did that. We did it on, on, uh, healthcare when, when Klein tried to bring in the third way, uh, which was two tier, uh, private healthcare. We went on a campaign, right? across the province um, and I follow the uh, the health minister around to, to many of her uh, engagements and uh, challenged what was going on and actually when when they had to withdraw those proposals Klein angrily blamed us if it wasn't for those two sitting over in the corner there you know <laughs> uh, we would have been able to uh, go ahead with this reform so I took that as a mark of pride so you can you can actually influence policy in in opposition but you have to do so indirectly and it takes time. So was that tough then going from being a municipal politician to being in the opposition kind of, you know, back corner benches there? It was a bit of an adjustment. You know, I was used I was used to collaboration and when I sort of reached out to the government and said, well, here's a good idea. Why don't you do this? You know, they just, you know, kind of ignore you. And what? No. Yeah, Such there's a, a little bit of that. Now, I, I, of course, don't do that, but they did. And, uh, and, and I found that hard. So you, it's a very adversarial system, unlike council. The legislature is an adversarial system. It's set up that way. It's set up to be a, uh, a sort of a conflict of, of ideas. And um, it, that took a little getting used to, but I did. So do you think that the Alberta legislature just completely changed and be more like municipal politics? Not necessarily. You know, it's an old, old system. Sure. It's, yeah. it's evolved in, in Britain and it's been implemented in dozens of countries around the world quite successfully. So it's, and they don't have a swanky mace like like the legislature does. Well, some of them do. You know, I saw the, <laughs> you know, Westminster Parliament in London has a really nice mace. Yeah, so, you know, I guess. Yeah. So Edmonton should get a swanky mace Why? for city council and then just make it more. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Not on board. I don't Fair think enough. you need one. What are, now, speaking of your time in opposition, of course, sometimes it's come up um, now that you're in government or you're obviously kind of easing out of that now that you're going into retirement. Um, sometimes words that you said as a then opposition MLA have kind of, I wouldn't say come back to haunt you, but have they come back to haunt you? Did you say some things in the past that think now they're being used against you and you're like, God, God damn it. Oh, I'm probably one of the most quoted uh, government members by the opposition, um, you know, and they, they throw back in my face all the things that I said about different things. And, you know, I just say, well, you know what? Damn, I was good at opposition. <laughs> Better than you. <laughs> Does it annoy you ever that they bring back something you said? Or do you stand behind everything that you said in the legislature over 19 years? Well, times change. Sure. Uh, your perspective changes when you're in government, you know. So uh, I, I readily uh, acknowledge those things. So yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't bother me. It just uh, you know, it is what it is, and you carry on. Given that you were um, or have been an MLA for such a long time, when the NDP did form government, did you were you kind of almost like a, I don't know, like a father figure for the NDP? No, I, I don't. I don't think so. I wouldn't make any sort of assumptions about that. You know, obviously, I had a, a great deal of experience. I was the longest serving. 
um, member in NDP history um, in Alberta uh, by quite a bit. Um, I exceeded uh, Ray Martin and Grant Notley. Oh, some years back. Um, so it's so about fifteen years altogether um, as a, as an MLA up until the time we were elected to government. Mm-hmm. So now it's pushing nineteen years. So that's you know that's a lot of experience. But uh, you know I didn't have experience of governing. Mm. And, you know, that's quite a different thing. Did you find yourself, did any then opposition MLAs come to you and say, hey, how can we be a better opposition? Or am I just being completely naive in yeah. asking that question? Yes, you are. <laughs> so that's a no. That's a no. <laughs> <laughs> so what what do you make of, of politics now? I mean, has it changed in the time that you've been in, in the legislature? Sure it has. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's changed quite a bit. Obviously, the sort of the one-party state situation that Alberta had mm. was very as, as good as the PCs used to be when they were first, you know, under Lockheed and even, even under Getty. Uh, as, as good as they were, um, you know, every government has a best before date. Mm. Uh, and and they long since uh, passed it, so it's much more healthy in my view to have a more vibrant democracy where you know uh, you have changes of government if people aren't happy with how things go, um, and uh, you know I'm certainly hoping that uh, that our government is uh, reelected with a with a strong mandate. The other thing, uh, Emma, that that I would say is the uh, decline of media is a real Mm. concern to me. When I started at City Hall, for example, uh, three TV stations kept City Hall reporters at City Hall. The Journal had three people. The Sun had two people. Mm. Uh, there was a couple of radio stations that had, you know, permanent reporters for City Hall. And you don't see that anymore at all. And, uh, you know, we still have a good presence, I think, at the legislature. But, you know, that that eye on uh, politicians, the ability to kind of dig um, under the surface a little bit and stuff is um, so it's uncomfortable sometimes for politicians. Um, uh, but you know it's a really healthy thing, and and you know I'm concerned about that that trend too. Are you going to resign as an MLA and become a journalist? I haven't got any offers, but I'm not going to resign <laughs> as an MLA. Sorry, I mean retire. <laughs> retire. <Sorry>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't got any offers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to put in a good word for you? Sure. <laughs> People might question whether or not you have a bias, though, Minister. Well, yeah, but I think they, you know, maybe opinions. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's not something I'm terribly uh, uh, stressed about. So uh, we talked a little bit about some of the highs for you um, at your time. What What are some of the lows as well? Oh, I think the biggest low for me was in the election 2008 where we, we lost we had four seats. We lost two, mm. uh, Ray Martin and David Egan, you know, both really good uh, MLAs. Um, and, I, and I think that that was, uh, you know, a really uh, low part, um, point for me as leader, you know, because mm. you feel uh, responsible. And uh, so, uh, so I, would, I would say, you know, that was, that was probably the worst. What's it like when you used to be leader of a party and then you're not leader of a party and then suddenly you're in government? Is that kind of tough to give up some element of control there? Well, you know, I I worked, I was leader for 10 years Mm -hmm. um, 
and uh, you know, I really worked to uh, build up the capacity of the party. I didn't have an expectation that we would, would we would win government, but I I worked hard to increase our organizational capacity to have more organized, more ridings organized, to put our fundraising on a professional basis, uh, and to be really active and and um, thorough in in our candidate search. And then w- we got to that point. And in the meantime, I'm trying. I was trying to convince Rachel to. Uh, to run for leader, mm-hmm. and she didn't want to, and I understood why. She had two small children at that time, and uh, and uh, so I I carried on for an, uh, an entire additional term more than I, w- I really wanted to. Um, but you know, she was eventually persuaded, and then I just um, you know wanted to because what we needed, we had everything we needed, but we just needed a sort of a dynamic new face for the party, a new leader, and uh, she was it. When the NDP won, and you, you said this earlier, this was one of the highlights for you, but was there a little bit of you that was like, ah, oh, damn it, no, I don't just get to go and retire out to BC by the lake? Was there a little no, bit? No, because, uh, you know, I, I ran again, uh, and, and and when you run, you know, whether you're in opposition or government mm. or whatever, you've committed for the for the for the term, and I was committed to do that. It was a lot more work, but I was very pleased actually, that after all the time I spent in the trenches to actually get the opportunity to be in government, I was I was really actually thrilled and still really grateful for that opportunity. Is there a ministry that you would have liked to have been in charge of that wasn't transportation? Oh, I have, you know, a few thoughts on different departments that might have been fun, but uh, like what? I, I might share those after the election. No, you can yeah. share them now. No one's listening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No. Yeah. No. I. Well, sorry. I'm a nice try. I did. I did try. Yeah. You do. Yeah. You're very trying. <laughs> I'm very trying. Thanks. <laughs> Speaking of trying, where's the photo radar report? <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> it's coming. Now, for those of you who don't listen to the press gallery regularly, I do ask Brian Mason that every single time that you go into the cabinet room, I think, or pass me on the way into the house. As That's well. right. Or in the cafeteria or, you know, <laughs> waiting for a bus. I you know, whatever. <laughs> but you promise it's coming. It is coming. Mm. This is gonna be that like the time I kept asking you if you were gonna run again next year and you kept going, I haven't made a decision. Emma, I haven't made a decision. And then you announced it while I was in Quebec City. Oh, I'm mm. sorry it wasn't deliberate, but you know. Well, you say that. Yeah. It's yeah. it's I would actually <laughs> rather give it to you. <laughs> so you can say all that nice things now that you're leaving, hey? Um, the election obviously is coming up. Now, obviously, you would love to see another NDP government, I'm assuming. What do you reckon the chances are of that? I think there's a reasonable chance of it. You know, I think people have recognized that our government really had uh, um, uh, uh, got handed, you know, a pretty uh, uh, bad situation. Um, You know, the lack of diversification of the economy and over-dependence on royalties for for funding government programs were were huge challenges that were never resolved by previous governments. Uh, and so when the price of oil dropped as dramatically as it did, um, you know, we faced some real challenges and we continue to face those challenges in terms of, of uh, building up uh, Alberta's uh, economy, diversifying it, but at the same time making sure we have access to world markets for our resources. All of those things very, very challenging. And I think mm-hmm. that the public is... Um, uh, take, it takes a look at that and they say, well, you know what? Uh, they did a good job under very difficult circumstances, very trying times. 
and uh, you know maybe we should give them a second uh, uh, chance. Do you think people are going to look at it that way, or do you think that the UCP kind of narrative that you guys made everything worse than it had to be will will resonate with Albertans more? Well, it 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 certainly will with some people, but you know from what I've seen in terms of uh, um, public opinion polling, we're within. Uh, uh, striking distance of of forming another majority government you know obviously uh the campaign matters a lot it, mm. as we've seen in alberta the last campaign the campaign before that for that matter made a, made a real difference in terms of what the outcome was and i believe that that um uh you cannot uh, come to any conclusions um uh until until election day and what are you going to be doing during the campaign are you going to be door knocking what's your plan uh, i'll be helping where i can you mm -hmm. know i want to help the party as much as i can and do you know what that's going to look like yet or no uh you know i'm sure it'll be a combination of things you know helping specific candidates uh, like you say for from door knocking and mm -hmm. you know maybe uh um making the odd uh, uh public appearance I know we're getting a throne speech. Are we getting the whole spring session? Emma. <laughs> Minister. Yes, well, <laughs> you're trying. But, um, yeah, no. If I knew, I still couldn't tell you. <laughs> couldn't or wouldn't? Both. <laughs> Fair enough. So what are your plans for your retirement, Minister? Well, we're probably, we got a place in BC that we're eventually probably going to move to, but not right away. You know, I think my wife's got, uh, she'd like to work another year. Um, and uh, so, you know, after 30 years in one house, you've got a lot of cleaning and packing <laughs> and garage sales to do. So uh, we, need, we need to do all that, but probably eventually move out to BC. Are you going to miss? Are you going to miss all this when you're at the house? Oh, I will. I will. I, I mean, I really do. And I, and I said this sort of in my closing, you know, comments as as we adjourned the session. Um, you know, for all of the conflict and all of the arcane rules in the legislature, you know, uh, you know, I really do love the place, and uh, you know, I will miss it. Minister, thank you so much for joining me here on the press gallery interview. I really appreciate you taking the time. You can and should, of course, subscribe to the press gallery. You get our interviews. Uh, well, I guess every week on usually on a Wednesday and also our weekly panel, uh, the Press Gallery panel, which is always a ton of fun. Um, Minister Brian Mason, thank you so much for making the time to come to the Edmonton Journal studio. Very professional setup that we have here. And uh, it, uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure, Emma. Um, thank you for taking the time. <laughs> no worries. Have a good day and please do subscribe if you get the chance. Thanks again for joining us here today. Brian Mason, Minister of Transport, soon to be retired, potentially by a lake in BC. Another quick reminder that you can and should subscribe to the Press Gallery. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or indeed wherever you prefer to podcast. We are here every week with two episodes, so do subscribe to get all the latest straight to your device. Join us again on Friday for the Press Gallery panel. Hooray! Hooray!